Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast, Episode 18. Hi, this is Bob. If you've been a listener to Sarasota Stories for a while now, would you do me a little favor? Go to our website, sarasotastories.co, scroll down and enter your best email so you will know when all our episodes will air. It helps us know who's a fan and how many folks are listening. I certainly appreciate it. And now, on to today's episode. What would you do in your downtime as a soldier fighting in Baghdad, Iraq? Why, you study up on quality wines, of course. Sounds strange to you? Sounded strange to me until I met one former soldier who decided to educate himself on all things wine as he prepared to join his fiance in California wine culture after his tour was up. Years later, in a move to the Sarasota area with his now wife, he continues first-hand research on the local wine culture and sharing his findings with a very cool blog he and a friend started two years ago. Hi, I'm Bob Williams, and I believe if you truly want to better understand your community to build personal, professional, and even lifelong relationships, then a willingness to hear each other's stories is an absolute must. In fact, that's why I created the Sarasota Stories podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to helping you get connected just a little bit deeper with those living in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview business leaders, civic leaders, artists, authors, entrepreneurs, physicians, philanthropists, and others who are making a positive impact in the greater Sarasota area. Today, I am very pleased to welcome Eric Vigo Onstad of the Unassuming Wine Bros blog. Vigo and his good friend Patrick started writing their blog in 2020 in order to be a local resource and provide a fun way to learn and discover new wines. Each month, they feature a wine which could be from anywhere in the world, then share their findings with their readers. They also share the price they paid and where to buy these wines locally. If you want to increase your wine knowledge, then you won't want to miss today's episode. You'll learn what prompted Vigo to learn about wines in the most inhospitable surroundings, how he met his co-writer for their blog, how they choose their wines to write about, what you'll learn when you read their blog, and much, much more. I'm so glad you joined us today. And as always, it is my hope that you will listen, learn, and connect. Vigo Onstad, welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Hey, it's a real pleasure to have you on. It's it's interesting how we kind of connected through Instagram and whatnot, but uh, you said you saw us first, and then I started reading about your wine blog, and I thought, this is really cool, you know, how a couple of guys got together and just wanted to just write about wine from a local perspective. Right. So um, I think that I think that's really interesting, because if, if anything I've learned about Sarasota in the eight years I've been down here, it's a wine culture down here. Oh, Absolutely. And, you know, one great thing about wine, you can make, you know, good friends. And that's pretty much how uh, Patrick and I started up our friendship. We were going to similar events and uh, our wives are, you know, work in the same industry. So it's like, you know, two 13-year-old boys trying to figure out, <laughs> you know, what they have in common. And uh, Patrick actually kind of started the conversation about wine and you know, we just built a friendship from there. And then next thing you know, we're writing for uh, uh, Liquid Ranches uh, around the ranch and doing a blog. And then it would, it's almost been two years now. 
That's really cool. That's really cool. And you have some very nice uh, artwork on your blog. You have some nice articles. What I like about it, and we're going to get into this in just a little bit, because I want to find a little bit more about your background and how this was connected to Iraq, because you're a former soldier. And yes. but we're going to talk about your blog a little bit. What's really cool about it is you have pricing, you have alcohol content, you have you know real insightful comments on the flavor, location. And I'm not a wine guy, so I'm starting to find this really fascinating. So I'm so I'm definitely going to be a a connoisseur of your blog, I should say, um, you know, going forward. And because uh, because t- really, I'm a beer guy. So, but but I'm kind of getting into the local culture here and starting to learn more about it because it can be intimidating. But I'll tell you what: before we get into that, you had a very interesting story about the fact that you were actually in Iraq. Yeah. And started getting some care packages, I guess, from your wife. And, and you guys were in California at the time. You're in Iraq. She's sending you, I guess, goodies and and magazines and stuff like that. And kind of started to introduce you to the world of wine. Talk about that, Absolutely. if you would. So uh, at the time, we were uh, we were engaged, and uh, so uh-huh. um, Monica, my 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 beautiful bride, of going on. 13, 14 years now, uh, at the time she was living in, uh, San Jose, California, which is in the midst of wine country. And, uh, she was really big into wines. And she said, you know, when you come here, you're going to have to know about wine. So she was sending me (laughs) all types of books about, you know, different varietals, how to taste. And, uh, one great thing about Iraq is, you know, between the, you know, the moments of terror, you have a lot of downtime. And so oh, I really man. kind of uh, just, you know, every night was reading about, you know, wine country, Napa Valley, varietals around the Livermore Valley and Hillsburg. And uh, I really got smart about wine to the point where she was, she she, she created a monster when I got back from uh, from the war. And I was like becoming very almost snobbish when we went tasting. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, she, she pretty much created this monster that is, uh, one of the unassuming wine bros. Oh, I, that's funny. I've never, I've never thought of a, uh, snobbish Iraqi war soldier when it comes to wine, but <laughs> maybe you, yeah. you may first, but it's called unassuming wine bros. So you're not snobbish. Absolutely. No, uh, when you start getting down and especially here in you know, the Sun Coast, uh, Sarasota, people like, people love wine here, but I mean, you don't want to spend, you know, a bunch of money on uh, something that you could probably get for a reasonable price. So that's when, right. you know, me and Patrick started talking about, you know, doing a wine article and a wine bro- uh, blog. It's like, what does everybody in this area want to know about wine? Right. And basically is like, we want to see good wines at a good price. So that yes. was kind of like the the kernel that grew this this tree that is the unassuming wine bros. Is we thought, you know, people would like to read something about great wines at a great price. And we talk about wines all over the world. Right. And I saw that on your blog. Uh, and I have to go back and read some more. You know, I, I, I mentioned early uh, that... My one wine story that I have, and I'm, as I said, I'm really a beer guy and I do like beer. Sometimes you don't want the carbonation. So I am learning a little bit more about wines, but I took a trip. 
was about 10 years ago, I was actually looking at some property down in northern Argentina. Ooh. And it's called the Salta area. And there yes. was a group down there, a group of Americans bought 100,000 acres. Uh, and they were developing it for uh, for folks to go down, buy lots, and they put a hotel on there and so on and so forth. But basically what these guys do is they wait for Argentina to collapse every 10 years and they go down and buy stuff on the cheap. But anyways, so I've been following their newsletters and I, I flew down, looked at some of the property I did not buy down there, but I discovered the incredible wine culture down there. And oh, you know, give yeah. our listeners a picture. It's it's really big sky country down there. Saguaro cactus. It's on the, you know, it's on the eastern side of the Andean Mountains. And so it's high desert. And you think, you know, how can they grow wines here? But see, all that, all of that um condensation coming off the ocean there hits the mountains filters down and then you drill about 10 feet down and they had this pure artesian water again in northern argentina there but they threw a um an asado i guess that's spanish for a barbecue or whatnot they right. bring out the white tablecloths you know i mean we're all in our boots and whatnot you know and blue jeans on but they bring out the white tablecloths white tent they bring out the wines that they were promoting and whatnot. And they had the agronomist there talking about the wines. And that's where I ran into my first wine snob because I'm, you know, I'm a, com- a complete plebeian. I don't, I don't know anything about wines. And so I'm trying to fit in and make a little joke. And I said, uh, uh, the guy sitting next to me, I said, you know, I wonder if you can get a beer around here. He just <laughs> looked at me like, where did you like, wherever you came from, go back. <laughs> <laughs> but that's we really actually, my that's really my yeah, only act- wine story and I, I can understand the culture and, and and the love for it well what a place to like have your first wine experience because their malbecs are absolutely phenomenal there and right yeah we actually wrote uh yeah we actually wrote an article if you go to our blog uh we wrote an article about uh argentinian wines and uh so reasonably priced and yes. just delicious. So, yeah, their red wines are absolutely phenomenal and very inexpensive too, which is great. But they go back really, you know, several centuries there. I mean, I again, we're still such a young country, and California obviously is one of the paramount places in the world to grow wines and whatnot. But we're still a young country. But down there, they go back, you know, a couple centuries, I'm, I'm sure, with regards to, to wine. Right. But yeah, it was it was an incredible experience. And I, that's when I first started to get an appreciation for the fact that people can really have a love for it. And it's just really kind of a part of your family, a part of your culture, of used properly, and et cetera. So, but, but t- tell us a little bit more about, so, so you were in Iraq, you're getting these care, care packages, and you're starting to read about wine in California. Yes. How did that kind of how did that kind of prepare you for when you went back? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, just like anything, you know, reading is great, but you know, doing it in practice is even better. And uh, you know, thankfully, my wife, uh, who had lived there for almost ten years prior to me right. getting there. Uh, kind of like she knew all the wineries and she just kind of like slowly walked me into, you know, what each winery was good at. There's some, you know, they're very good at Chardonnays. Some are good at, you know, Pinot Noirs, uh, Pinot Grigio. So Mm. it was a kind of like, she was kind of like sampling with all these wineries and I kind of figured out my, my, 
I guess, my palate as far as what I enjoyed. And uh, with anything, especially reds, I think Pinot Noirs is the best place to start if you mm. want to start drinking red wines but don't want, you know, something really in your face, like maybe a, an Australian Syrah is like super bold, a lot of alcohol, but a California like Pinot is just very soft. Uh, and if you get a good one, beautifully balanced, and it's a great place to kind of like let your palate discover what you like. That's very cool. Now your your partner in crime is Patrick Dugan, and it surprises yeah, me this. Duggan, Patrick Duggan. Well, yeah. somebody with such an Irish name, it surprised me that he'd be a part of the uh, wine bros. I figured he would like a nice pint or something, you know, like a nice Guinness. Well, I mean, he makes up with it as far as, and I'll tell you right now, Patrick is probably, uh, as far as the heart and soul, I mean, he is the guy that, I mean, he is, his wine taste is absolutely phenomenal. And being that he's an attorney, uh, he does a lot of great research. So, right. um, I'm the guy that just kind of like Patrick, like, Hey, we're going to do this area. Like uh, we just did a, uh, we're just finishing off the article about Chile, uh, Chilean. Yep. Uh, been down there too. Yep. Coming. Is it common or common yards? Yep. And, yep. uh, uh, Patrick, you know, of course did the research, had everything set out for me. And then, uh, we just did our tasting last Sunday and we're getting ready to, to write. And then, uh, put out another article but yeah patrick's research and palette is just great so i just kind of like show up you know cold and just give my you know unvarnished opinion about the stuff and i right. think that's how we work because uh you know it's kind of like a d martin jerry lewis kind of uh because <laughs> uh, he's very We're dating ourselves <laughs> yeah i'm sorry well yeah i am uh he he comes in and uh, he's very serious. He's very, you know, like an attorney. He gets down to the, the, you know, the facts about the wine. And I come in and I just, you know, like uh, say something funny and describe it in a way that everyone enjoys reading the article. So how do you guys, right now, it looks like you're publishing about once a month. Is that correct? It is correct. Yes. Yeah. So, so you say, okay, we have an article that we because you got to produce you. So you want to get together. You say, okay, we want it. This month's article is going to be about X. Take us through the process of how you get ready to write that article. Is it, is it a lot of consumption so that you have real world experience or how do you, how do you do it? We try to think about at least two months out. So like we'll, Patrick loves regions. So uh, we mm. wrote about, you know, Spanish Rojas, uh, French Bordeaux. Uh, we just, I think coming out this month, French Chablis, we just wrote about. Mm. Uh, so Patrick likes certain varietals and certain regions because he think you know, he believes that everybody's kind of interested in that particular area and that particular type of wine. And then uh, once we kind of like, settle on what we want to do we start doing research uh patrick gets on the internet and researches we try to keep it around 30 dollars. and normally he'll he'll make a trip to michael's wine cellar Uh, there's a plug for michael's wine cellar and uh he'll pick out what we're looking at as far as region varietal and price and we sit down and we start writing 
That's very cool. What? So I mentioned a little bit earlier that, you know, I'm just kind of now coming into understanding a little bit more about wines. And if you walk into any wine store or a supermarket or, I mean, it's such an incredibly competitive market. Oh, absolutely. And, and you've even seen, you've even seen some financial commercials talking about starting, starting your own winery or something in your, you know, in, in your golden years. I'm just like, you know, this is nuts. How can somebody even get started to understand about wines and really not being intimidated by the process? Well, you could read our article and blog, uh, uh, the Unassuming Wine Bros, but uh, basically uh, a lot of times it's just getting books about like, you know what, I'm interested right. in white wines. And, you know, like I said, you know, you get, you do some research about something and then you slowly kind of like try things. And I, I tell you, I wish I could take pictures. Uh, a lot of times I just, you know, go to Publix and, you know, kind of like pace. I look at the aisles, see what they have and, you know, see what's uh, available. And, you know, it's, you know, you go anywhere now and it's just overwhelming the amount of wine and the amount of, it is. And then I wish I, I want to take pictures of people, you know, just looking up in the wine like racks with this confused look on their face because that's right. what everybody does. They just it's like this is too much. And that's the reason why we we kind of like wrote our article is like, listen, let's get the confusion out of here. We're gonna do the research for you. And these are the things that we think are great wines at a great price so you're not standing in that wine aisle trying to figure out right uh, what what am i gonna i'm going to a friend's house and we're gonna have steak uh what do i need to bring so right. we try to get we try to write so you're not as confused when you go into that wine aisle right where are your some some of your favorite places to buy wine around the area uh well like i said Oh, man, I'm plugging Michael's wine cellar a lot, aren't I? Michael's well, they're an extraordinary. He's an extraordinary. He's an extraordinary operation. I mean, he's been featured I mean, in uh, wine magazines, you know, and it just. I mean, you just if you want really great wines, uh, you, you can't beat that place, and, and that's. Uh, it's very close to where uh, Patrick works, so a lot of times when he's leaving work, he just goes over there and gets our our research for us. Uh, right. Total Wines is great. Uh, they always have a huge selection. Um, a place that I think just started up, we've had a couple of times we went over there and got uh, a couple of selections is um, Sarasota Wine Company. Had does yes. a great job as far as uh, their you know selections. And uh, you know what? There's times when we're downtown and uh, we were going to, I mean, I want to say the opera, but we're just kind of like, you know, having a good time downtown in Sarasota. Sure. Uh, 99 Bottles does a phenomenal job. They have a great selection, and it's by the glass, so you don't have to, like, worry right. about, you know, splitting, you know, a bottle. It's like, hey, can you, you know, you can do it by the glass. So these are the places we kind of go and sample wines and get ideas. Well, we were talking before we started that I had Michael Clauber on the show, and he really is, I think, an an icon. I mean, he's just kind of an institution here in the greater Sarasota area because he's been doing it for so long and he does have a great wine selection. I've been in his store there in his cellar. And of course, to me, 
uh, I think it's, it's pretty extraordinary. And he even does uh, trips to wine places around the world. I think his favorite place right now is South Africa. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, how cool is that? Now, if we want to plug something out of South Africa, uh, God, a great sparkling that you can get for you can get the sparkling at like, what was it? The Whole Foods, yep. uh, Grand Beck, Grand Beck uh, Brut Rosé, which is right. South African. Uh, if you want a delicious sparkling wine, I cannot recommend that more. And it's delicious. It's great for any occasion. And it's South African. I think it was last time I bought, it was a bottle for like $14, $15, which is unheard of, you know, as far as sparkling goes. And like I said, South, I would have never known, uh, but it's a South African sparkling wine. So South Africa does a phenomenal job as far as uh, their wine goes. So, I mean, yeah, there, there's places all over the world that are producing wines that I really didn't know until we started writing this article. Yeah, that's, 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 that's fascinating. I, you know, I will say, it's funny, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, does, do you have to buy an expensive, well, obviously you don't have to buy an expensive bottle of wine. Uh, it depends upon what you like. And I will say, well, I will say years ago, and it was a special occasion, I did buy a bottle of wine at a very nice restaurant, and the, the bottle was a couple hundred bucks. Right. And I just, because I wanted to say that I had done it, I was curious and I remember having the wine and it was very, very good. I remember the wine. I don't remember the name, certainly. Remember the evening. It was a great bottle of wine. But from my perspective, since I guess I don't have a developed palate at this point to really know the nuances and the real flavors and just an understanding I kind of felt like I wasted my money because I felt like, you know, I bet I could find a good thirty bottle of thirty dollar bottle of wine for that same right. thing. But what, what's, what's your thoughts on that? You know, I, I, I that is a great observation. You know, it's kind of like anything. You got to start from Little League to JV. You know, you can't go <laughs> all the way up. You know, you can't be going World Series kind of wine drinking because you don't have a real like measuring stick on like, right. is this as good as you think it is? Uh, I have a same story where we were living in California and uh, my wife's best friend whose family has been in, you know, the wine industry for years. Uh, we were having a great uh, meal and she pulled out a $120 uh, Pinot Noir. And I was absolutely like, whatever, this is not, you know, how $120, this is ridiculous. And, uh, at first sip, I was like eating my words. I was like, really? oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just like, okay, now I know what, now I know why this is worth $120. But that was like over like three years of drinking okay Pinots and then going up to American to League. The big leagues. You know, the big leagues. The big yeah. league. You know, uh, the, I mean, there's $300 Pinots. I mean, uh, there's places that, I think Screaming Eagle, which is this winery in California, I think their bottles of Pinot and Cabernet go for like a thousand dollars each. Right, so, right. And, and I don't have that thousand uh, dollar no, budget. I, no, but I mean, you can tell the the quality. But you know what? You know, if you want to have a nice meal on the weekend, the thirty dollar Pinot or Cab or 
it, it's going to be fine and it's going to taste great and you're going to enjoy it. Do, does, does it have to be, and now this is, I got to ask the question, does okay. it have to be in a bottle? <laughs> because, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 one guy, one guy who, who I kind of turned to for, he's, he's a wine guy and he says, nice is there, he says, believe it or not, he says they're putting out some decent wines in containers in like these, I don't know what you call them, uh, corrugated boxes or whatever. Yes. You know, box wine. Um, box wine, did, yeah. Box wine. Now, with Patrick, that is a bridge too far as far as writing about. <laughs> he was like, I mean, I brought it up a year ago. It's like, hey, right. let's do an article about box wine. He was like, I mean, I couldn't tell. That no lasted at least a minute. He was like, no. Oh, my uh, gosh. I, I do want, and I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, this, it, I think I've almost got him worn down. This summer, I'm, we're going to do an article about canned wines, which I think is a, it's a great alternative, yeah. uh, especially us that live near the beach. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, uncorking this glass bottle. Uh, it's very convenient. You put it in the cooler and you can have a really great uh, wine experience as you sit in your beach chair, you know, sunning yourself. So... Uh, can wines are actually the big kind of like thing that are coming out right now. A lot of right. companies are doing can wines. And so, uh, that's one I, we're going to write about probably sometime before the summer, even though it's summer all year down here, as far as, uh, something's coming out about wines. Well, if you are a producer, if you're a winery or somewhere in that supply chain and you're trying to get traction because it's such a hyper competitive market i can see where the container is just something else that you know you're going to try and maybe you will hit a market that would never buy a 30 dollar bottle of wine sure. so it makes sense that they would do that and i'm trying to think the guy you know i'm a big fan of shark tank and there was some guy on there who was selling single serving uh wines and he called it you know, upscale wine, but apparently it's really institutional level wine, but he was trying to, oh. he was trying to get funding from one of right. the sharks and he actually succeeded, but he was selling it in these plastic kind of, um, they worked wine glasses, but they were kind of more like, uh, something like you've seen a beer glass, but by golly, I saw it in some of the supermarkets around here. I don't know if it's got staying power, but I could understand how they would do that. Yeah. I mean, it makes it, I mean, would you serve it? <laughs> would you like break that out, you know, during a nice meal? No, of course. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but if you're like sitting around the pool and someone wants a, a red and so you don't have to worry about someone. And I'm telling you right now, uh, I couldn't tell you how many wine glasses and wine bottles we broke on our lanai deck next to the pool <laughs> uh, to the point where my wife made me get plastic wine glasses now. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it just makes it a little bit more convenient as far as, you know, the, the transportation and sure. if just in, and if someone drops it, it's not right. going to smash all over the place. So, yeah, yeah I, I, mean, wonder, it, I wonder what they do at the beaches here. You know, I mean, for example, we were out – we were out at Lido with a group a few days ago and celebrating my wife's birthday. Some of the folks brought a bottle of wine and I don't know whether that was a violation of something because, you know, who wants glass out on the beach? 
No, and it is because I, I can't tell. I mean, I've seen the signs. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, it goes forever. It's like no smoking, no dog. I was like, can we can we have fun here? You know, is there no, <laughs> but well, yeah, well, I'm sh- I'm sure you didn't see any of those signs in the beaches in Iraq, but you had to keep your head down, right? Uh, well, <laughs> it was one big beach there. Yeah, uh, bet. Oh my goodness. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the reason why I think canned wines is great for this area. I mean, mm. if you want to, I mean, because it's in the can. I mean, you're not going to break any glass. It's just like you know, bring a soda or anything, and you can enjoy it by the by the the surf and uh not have to worry about you know you know violating any rules and it's recyclable so there you go it, it is some it is something to uh for folks that want to go that direction you know i was funny i was kind of thinking i says you know if you if your partner doesn't want to do box wines and can wines and whatnot what you do is you start a new blog because you got unassuming wine bros and then you could start very unassuming wine bros and put all that stuff on that blog this is how insurgency starts right there. You know that. <laughs> well, listen, Vigo, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, anything you want to leave the listeners with about uh, how they can get the most value out of your blog and how to reach you? Uh, we're uh, also, we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram. So just yep. look for uh, the Unassuming Wine Bros. If you put it in that search bar, you'll find us. Uh, we're also, uh, our blog is the and, uh, if you're in or around the, uh, Lakewood Ranch area, uh, pick up a copy of, uh, Around the Ranch and, uh, we have a monthly article that they produce as far That's as, great. uh, you know, we're in, we're internet and we're in print and now we're, you know, here we are on, on a podcast. We are just, uh, venturing out into all kinds of medium. Well, it's a great relationship that you and Patrick have, and I think it's a very cool concept, and I was glad to have you on this show. But I will say I'm going to reach out, and you, Patrick, and I are going to have probably more than one glass of wine together. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, got to ask you before I let you go, this has nothing to do with wine. Okay. But it's a wonderful story. You have just adopted a child. Yes, yes. Um, A 58 year old new father of a six month old baby boy oh my goodness well now i really have to have a glass of wine with you and i have to see have to see tell us about the child real quickly uh alexander uh we actually this this is a great sarasota story uh so my wife and i about two years ago went through uh adoption uh i guess certification through the safe uh, children's coalition in Bradenton. And uh, of course, COVID came and we were waiting for a home study. And that took about a year. So two years on. And uh, uh, during the like, our home study, when it finally came through, uh, the, the person that was there, you know, doing our background, you know, told us like, hey, we have this beautiful baby boy that was abandoned. And, uh, oh my. uh, I think he would be perfect for your family. And I'm like, <laughs> and when she left, I was like, I looked at my wife, I was like, we're not getting a baby. There's no way there, oh, you know? Man. And, uh, so, uh, I had a total right hip replacement in August. Oh man. And, 
So as I'm being wheeled into the car after surgery, my wife turns to me and says, uh, we're getting a baby uh, tomorrow at noon. And I'm like, I think I'm still under anesthesia. Did you say we're getting a baby at noon tomorrow? <laughs> and yeah. Boy, she so, set you up pretty good, didn't she? <laughs> oh, and I tell you, you couldn't. So we, had, uh, we were scrambling. So, I mean, normally most people get like nine months to set their house up for right. a baby. Right. We had to do it within like 12 hours. Wow. So I'm laid up on my back in my bed. A good friend of ours, their child just outgrew a crib. So in the corner of our room, he's building a crib. And then next to my bed, there's a walker. And I was like, can there be any wow. more duality going on right now? Oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah, Alexander came to us and, uh, uh, you know, we went through the adoption process. It took about six months. And then on February 25th, it became uh, ours altogether. So we we're just like over the moon. He's just this wonderful little boy, just so happy. And, you know, we're just. We're very blessed. So. Oh, that is so cool. That, and, that That is a wonderful story. And if anybody's like considering adoption, I would definitely get with the Safe Children's Coalition in Bradenton. They do a great job. They have classes. And, uh, you know, especially in this area, there's a lot of children that have been abandoned or, or need families. Oh, and, no. Uh, no. If you can open up your home, I'm definitely, they will definitely open up your heart. Well, I definitely going to have to add them on the show as well, because now you've picked my interest. I want to find out more. So, well, that is a wonderful way to end this uh, discussion about wine. And uh, I wish you all the uh, blessings and luck on being a new father at age 58. <laughs> and uh, make sure you take that extra vitamin C because you're going to need it. But uh, listen, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, if you're ever in the Lakewood Ranch area, you know, look me up. Uh, me and Patrick will uh, we'll get the, the first bottle of wine will be on us. All right. You betcha. Hey, thanks again. We'll talk nope. soon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.